This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. We're starting with that. Do you need to decoupage before we start? Isn't that an art form? No. Are you sure? Nope. We're actually losing followers on Google Plus as we record this because your eating is so I'm, I'm actually done eating. I have been done eating. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Wow. Charming, right? Yeah. So, um... Are we recording? Is this live? Are we live? Are we doing it live? Let's do it we live. Have literally never done it live. No, we should do it live. Let's do it live right now. You do it think? live. You think we should do it live? Do it live. We can't do it live. We are not streaming this anywhere in any physical location. So how... And do you realize how hard it would break our computers if we tried to do that? Do you well, think? mostly yours. It would totally break your computer. My Apple has been recording perfectly fine in GarageBand. I think it's GarageBand. It's not. It's GarageBand. No, no, I really think it's GarageBand. Look up ads. Look, Go to YouTube and search... Garage Band UK advertisement, and I guarantee you, you will find video content in which the program is referred to as Garage Band. The program? The program. So, I think I'm going to spell all of those words with their correct pronunciations, or with their correct spellings, though, which technically your pronunciations. You're terrible. Do you even remember what you were trying to say at the start of that I sentence? I actually, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't listening to you. Okay, which good. Which is a great. kind of a standard. Par for the course. Par yes. for play of the day. Was that a uh, was that a segue into a golf game discussion? Did you review a? Did you play a golf game this week? No, no, I didn't play a golf game this week. Thank God, because no one wants to hear that. Uh, spe- oh, although that, oh my God, that segues into something. That's kind of depressing. I'm not depressed. So, listener, hi, you have found your way somehow to unqualified a video game podcast, and I am Cody. And I'm John. Nothing. And what? I'm Jonathan. <sighs> and we. Sometimes talk about video games. Uh, no, we literally talk about nothing but video games. We've talked about this too. Literally, yes. And the golf game transition to which I was referring was I saw a video earlier today of the golf gameplay in Grand Theft Auto V. And what did it look like? I didn't watch it. That wasn't a very good discussion at all. We can well, talk about Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto a bit. We, we can talk about it, or we are legally obligated to, because most of our listeners are probably playing it as they listen yeah, that could, to yeah, us. You're probably right. But uh, but first, how, how was your weekend? Did you do anything? I finished my 40-plus hour game of Civilization V. Okay, so you played video games, which we'll probably talk about at some point today. What did you do non-video game related? I played Civ Five for ten hours straight on Saturday. I don't understand the meaning of your question. I did 
Did you grow a really gnarly beard? Like a really I, gnarly beard? <laughs> no. I shave when I play video games. Just in case. Like at the I, same I, time? I didn't do anything this weekend, John. That's good. That's okay, though. Like, that is, an, that is okay. No, it's great because, because for several... It was one of those... It was a hell of a summer, man. I mean, I did a lot this summer. Right, and I agree. We are kind of winding down um, to where... Cause I, I swear there's been something going on every single weekend for us. Yeah. So, like, to have a weekend where I actually had a four-day weekend and I didn't have to travel was wonderful because every other weekend, even weekends where I'm supposed to work, we I've had to like take off so we can travel for stuff. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, that's what you do in the summer, but you know what I mean? Like it was just, yeah, no, we've been having fun doing it, but it's, it's nice. You need some time to recharge. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I agree. I had a similar weekend. Um, although I didn't just play video games. Um, did you did you do anything else of note? I did actually. So did you did you move a treadmill? Uh, I moved two, but they weren't in my house. Oh, okay, well then I don't want to hear about it. So uh, so actually, so the weather has been turning, and I live in Minnesota, and it when it turns, it turns really hard. I in the same week on a Thursday it was ninety eight degrees and humid, and then on a Friday it was sixty degrees, like for for the normal temperature. So that signals the change to fall up here. And it signals the change of fall to me in general. And one of the, one of the traditions that I have started for myself is uh, when, when the fall hits, I take a few nights out, um, probably maybe five nights in a month. And I go sit outside with, you know, like a sweatshirt and sweatpants on. So I can stay warm, like a cup of hot cider or, hot chocolate or something and i watch horror movies at like midnight on days obviously where i don't have to work the next day um out on the patio so i'm watching horror movies outside like on my ipad and uh it's just a tradition that i started uh probably three four years ago when i was uh when i was still in school and ever since then i just i love to do it like there's something about being slightly cold with the smell of, of fall, and it just, it you know, it it signals to me that Halloween is coming, and, and horror movies are my favorite movie genre. Uh, what? By far. So. How did I not know this about you? Yeah, no, I'm a huge horror movie buff. I knew you liked them, but not to that degree. Do you get scared by them? Uh, no, not, I mean, not really. I wouldn't say scared. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge horror movie, but I love horror movies. So, um, it just, it has been a great tradition that I started and I did it for the first time. And, uh, I watched Wreck 3, which there, there was a, there's a series of movies called Wreck as in recording, um, that are, uh, it, it's, it's like a found footage movie. It's really, it's really good. Um, so Wreck 3 wasn't necessarily the best, but the other two have been better. Um, so yeah, that's what, that was like my big event, my big fun thing that I did. And I'm going to continue to do that, obviously, because like I said, it, it is my fall tradition. That sounds kind of awesome, I guess. Yeah, watching movies outside, it's great. Uh, I've never, I, I mean, I've done like movies in the park stuff, but I've never like, I, I mean, I don't have a tablet, so there's that. 
Well, there's a thing. There's a thing about like watching a movie by yourself because obviously my wife's asleep at that point because it's like midnight, and it's me watching a movie by myself in like the complete darkness, being kind of cold, and again just with the smell of fall. It's great. Well, all right. So yeah, that's what that's what I did. Uh, Slightly more eventful, but probably just as. uh, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of. Productive. Relaxing. Produ- oh, yes, just productive. As just as productive as, as sure. what you did. Which is not. Not productive at all. <laughs> well, well, our fans on Google Plus also were playing games this weekend uh, that I, I promised in our last episode we would start by mentioning what they were playing. You did do promise a little back that. and forth. We did. You did promise that, but you always, you always go back on your promises. I do, and so to all of you who commented on my post on Friday, Brett, Jonathan, Justin, and Jamie, I'm not going to talk about you now. You should talk about <laughs> that. You should honor your. You should honor your promises. We should probably do that. Uh, Brett was playing Saints Row the Fourth, or it's Saints Row Four, I guess. It is Saints Row Four. Saints Row Four. So that's cool. Uh, that came out. That is a game on my list. Certainly, that came out like a month ago. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to bring myself to play Saints Row the Third, which I got on the Steam Summer Sale, but have not yet gotten into. From everything I've heard, uh, if you ever end up picking up four, do not play four before you play three, because four is basically three taken to eleven. And so if if you try to play four, I've just been told that if you try to play four and then try to play three, it'll feel kind of weak. So and three is awesome. Like you really need to play three. It is such a good game. Yeah, well, good. And uh, I stand corrected. I did not get it on the Steam Summer Sale. I got it on the Humble Indie Bundle. Right. So there's that. Our other uh, Google Plus friend, Jonathan, was playing Super Mario 64. An interesting choice. I thought so. I I wonder if it's the DS remake or the original. I'm guessing the original. Because otherwise he would say Super Mario 64 DS, right? Not necessarily. Either way, no, no, no. I mean, aren't they the same game? They're the same game. I don't know. Interesting choice. Hey, he's still not as bad as that one guy who still just streams himself playing Mario 64 all the time. Hey, Mario 64 is a great game. No, it's a great game. It's a fantastic game. Uh, Justin was playing either Professor Layton or Super Mario 3D Land, or maybe I'll just download Oracle of Ages slash Seasons. Okay, listen. We're asking you what you're playing this weekend, not everything that came into your mind. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I kind of am. I don't know anymore. I literally don't know when I'm sarcastic anymore, John. Is that a problem? I wasn't really listening to you again. Okay, Uh, and finally, Jamie was, uh, quote, damned excited, unquote, for wonderful 101 hundred one. Uh, I believe. I believe it's it's colloquially, colloquially being known as uh, the wonderful one hundred one. The wonderful one hundred one. I got you. Yeah, gotcha. and uh, yeah, that game. That game might be the most exciting thing for the Wii U uh, to date. Out right now. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it's good. I mean, I think it's. I think it's a very niche title. I don't think it's probably going to necessarily sell all that well. But really, I think why? It, because not a lot of people know about it, and nobody owns a Wii U is a, is a problem. Um, not that it's not not that it's not a great game. It it could be awesome. I mean, Platinum makes some freaking awesome games. They know what they're doing. Um, sure, but it's just you know it doesn't have nearly as much space 
to be acknowledged when it's when it's only on the Wii U. It's just an unfortunate fact that the Wii U is does not have a great install base. Not yet, but guess who is going to be the proud owner of a Wii U starting Friday? A me? No. No. It's not me. No, I'm sorry. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. I thought or you were a Wii buying U. me a Wii U. Is what you were about you know, to say. I thought about. I didn't think about doing that. I I literally never even considered ever doing anything like that for you. But what I did do. This is close to buying you a Wii U. Is I pre-ordered a Wii U for myself. Yeah, that's you're right. That's close. So you can enjoy it vicariously through me. Okay, so talk to me about uh, about your Wii U. So you. You decided to not go with the Zelda one, or is that coming out already? It's the Zelda one. It's the Zelda Wind Waker HD Wii U, like edition oh Wii U. Oh my god, are we already that far into September? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I know. September 20th is Friday. Wow. And <laughs> I, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, or, or I know I posted about it on Google Plus in a few different communities, but if you pre-ordered... The uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD at GameStop, you could get a special edition that came with a Ganondorf statue. Right. So I was torn. I was like, do I get the console with the free downloadable, like, digital copy of Wind Waker HD? Or do I get the game with the statue? Or do I get both? I decided to get both, but before I had the opportunity to pre-order the game, it sold out at GameStop. So... GameStop has sold out of all of its copies of the pre-order. That's awesome. That's good That's good to hear for the Wii U. Yeah, I think Nintendo is going to push a lot of units this month. Between the, the Special Edition Wind Waker HD... I mean, people will buy a system for Zelda, even if it's a, a remake, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, Wonderful 101 is is going to gain some more buzz because, you know, as we saw on our Google Plus page, people are, are starting to talk about it. I played the demo at E3, and it was really fun. It was hard, but it was fun. Platinum games are never easy. I, seriously, yeah, yeah. They, are, they make some hard-ass games, but that's, why, that's part of the reason why they're kind of fun. Yeah, exactly. So I, th- I think Nintendo's going to push a lot of units this month and next month. And then, you know, this next few months, we're looking at a new Donkey Kong Country game. Is that coming out this year? I don't know. I don't know either. But we're we're looking at some new games. I know Mario Land, or Mario World 3D is coming out. And I've I've now ridden the new Super Luigi U train twice in Chicago. Have you seen those pictures? I have. So it's a a train where the inside is just painted painted green for the year of luigi right because apparently it's the year of luigi <laughs> yeah it's the year of luigi so on the inside and the outside of the car is covered with decals like it, it's it's just wall-to-wall like uh completely covered with new super luigi you or whatever they're calling it uh and it's got like pictures of luigi and like toad is on the ceiling and the two toads are on the ceiling and like peach is there and uh, it's just super green inside, and it makes me so happy. That's pretty cool. It's a it's a very interesting kind of viral marketing thing, isn't it? Well, it's working because I saw like three people on the first time I wrote it. Three people on the train were taking pictures, like of the whole car. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I I, I don't know. It just made me like stupidly giddy because it's you know video games, and back in the day, Nintendo didn't do that stuff. I hope Nintendo does well this holiday, because the only thing that can come from Nintendo doing well is it's good for all consumers, because then you have more competition in the market. It's, it's good for everybody if Nintendo does well, so I hope they do well. 
I totally agree. And speaking of the market and the console wars, uh, did you hear about the PS4 versus Xbox One processing speeds? No. So a a couple of third-party developers uh, went to a couple of video game journalists and said, hey, guess what? We've clocked these systems and played our games on them, and the PS4 is 50% faster than the Xbox One. Was this company Sorny? No, it was a few different game devs. Sorny Games? What is Sorny? Not Sony. It's not Sony. <laughs> I don't even get what you're trying to say. Oh, my joke is so good. It's beyond oh, you. Oh, God. I bet the listener is is raffling right now. I think you have to I think you have to have seen a specific Simpsons episode, which I think we all have. I mean, we've all seen <laughs> that episode. Uh, to get that joke. It's fine. It's fine if you don't get it. <laughs> I don't watch The Simpsons. Something's wrong with you. So the processing speed on the PlayStation is supposedly better? Well, for some games, and then they kind of backtracked a little, and a lot of people were saying, like, some of the developers are saying it's immediately apparent. Some other ones are like, oh, well, no, it's you have to get used to the dev kit, and then they're really comparable. So, it's you know, it's just another thing for people to f***ing fight about. Which is, which is kind of fun. I mean, and that, and that kind of the fun part of all this is it fun or is it really vicious and unnecessarily cruel all the time oh you're not i mean you're not getting involved right so uh i it's just it's it's for me it's fun to watch people get passionate about a hobby that i am passionate about so i'm provided that it is a kind of like a a civil discourse which as hard as that is to find, you can find that some places. I actually think Google Plus does a very good job of having some civil discourse. Um, but as long as there's like a civil discourse there, people people defending the stuff that they're passionate about, you know, I, I think is great. I will agree. I think that Google Plus does a good job in neutral territory, of course. Because like if you go to the PlayStation Google Plus group, good God, they are fanatical over there. But the same with Microsoft, and that and that's to be expected. So I've tried posting links like that in neutral video game communities to see what happens out of it. Sure. And I think you're right. A lot of people actually are kind of agree with me. Be, on, I get what you're saying. Honestly, and I like people- honestly, as far as the processor goes, it really doesn't matter because if the games are going to be are going to be developed for both systems, the developers will have to develop to the lowest common denominator and. So it maybe it'll run a little better on one system, but they need to make sure that it runs pretty well on both. So I don't think it's anything to get excited about anyway. No, I I totally agree, and I I don't I like seeing people get passionate, but I don't necessarily think it's good for the business. I mean, look at Fez. Okay, but that was I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a very different situation, and in that situation, we're talking about the actual developer getting passionate about it. That's right. different. What are you doing with your headset over there? Uh, I'm hearing a lot of. You don't. You don't want to know what I'm doing with my oh headset. Oh boy. Oh, and Grand Theft Auto, which we teased. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Before I talk about our our first ever sweepstakes that we're doing on this podcast, which I will talk about shortly, uh, the GTA Five that all the description said was this is so good and robust that it could be its own video game, which is great. But GTA 4 is the only game I've... Okay, let me rephrase. Let me... uh, It is literally the only game. There, now you've covered all your bases. 
There are two video games ever that I have purchased and then actually sold back to GameStop within two weeks. The first, well, the second was Ninja Gaiden 3, which is the most disappointing sequel probably of all time. Like, worse than Highlander 2 by it. And the first game was Grand Theft Auto 4, which lasted three days with me, and I, I just couldn't get into it at all. You know, I had a very similar experience with Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah, I... To me, like, your first quote-unquote mission is is literally, like, driving to pick up a date and take her bowling? And I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a... In the Grand Theft Auto series, there's a certain amount of, like, mundane... Like, almost, almost like, too close to real-life simulation to be a video game that I want to play. And I think that that's part of the problem for me and why I liked Saints Row so much is because it was so just batshit crazy out there that I just really liked it a lot more than I liked uh, than I liked Grand Theft Auto pretty much ever. Yeah, that's what I was... I was actually going to mention that that seems to be Saints Row's MO. I haven't played any Saints Row games yet, but I have played... Uh, Oh, I played a game for the the original Xbox that was an open world game, uh, just like Grand Theft Auto, kind of a ripoff, but it was super fun. I think, and it was. I think you may have talked about it before. True Crime, True Crime, Streets of L.A. Yes, I have mentioned that. Oh, I mentioned that like a year ago. Good memory. Uh, yeah, True Crime was super fun because it just gets into that, and and I think therein lies the appeal of of the Grand Theft Auto games because like I I don't play The Sims. Do you play The Sims? I do not. Right. And I because, think Grand- because, again, it's kind of a life simulator. I, it's just, it, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's, I think Grand Theft Auto is the Sims with guns and hookers and death and missions and story. Like, there's there's good stuff in there. But it, I like games that get, like, you buy it to play the game part of it, not you buy this universe to live in and there are... There is a game inside of it, but you have to kind of, like, get there? Yeah. That's just how I feel. I hope we don't get a lot of hate for that, because, obviously, it's sold, like, a zillion pre-orders. It's going to break records. It's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars the first day it's out. Uh, people are skipping work to, to, you know, buy it. I mean, I am not of the mind that... Uh, I Like, I'm not of the mind that the game is a bad game. I'm of the mind that the game is just not a game for me. Like I, I understand. I, I get Well, maybe I don't, I don't really understand the appeal of it. Um, but I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with people that want to play it. I don't think there's anything wrong with the game itself. It's just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't speak to me as a game I want to play. And I as well. So there we are with Grand Theft Auto. So, you know, listener, I'm sure you're playing it right now. Uh, Like, very likely you're playing it right now. So please enjoy it for us. No, we don't. We don't hate Grand Theft Auto. So I don't hate Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Cody thinks it's the worst game ever made. So you can direct all hate mail to... to Unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com. Unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com, which will ping my phone 7,000 times. So that sounds good. Yes, just put my name in the subject line so John knows it's not hate mail for him. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. So again, all your hate mail to Cody. Okay. And one more thing before I let you talk about a video game is the sweepstakes. So I work in social media during the day, right? Like that's yep. what I do. Yep. So 
it occurred to me what is one of the biggest uh what is one of the biggest issues myspace 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 is the biggest social media actually have you tried the new myspace it's awesome. It's better than Spotify. I'll tell you that right now. Straight up. On record, better than Spotify. New MySpace. Okay. So there's that. Sweepstakes. What's the number one problem? Legal issues. Uh, Facebook has certain rules about its terms of service. And Tumblr has certain rules about its terms of service. And I've been over this with clients. And I didn't think about it for us because I, I don't think of us as a business. We're just some – we're two guys who – are completely not qualified to talk about video games. We're in the business of spitting mad truths, dog. Spitting mad truths. Mad truths. I don't even know if I want to talk after that. Uh, but so there's a, there's a legal issue. Thing, is what you're saying? The, well, the number one thing is you look at their terms of service. And here's the thing with social media: is if if you mess up on social media, if you like piss off Facebook, they will delete you like you never existed. No judge, jury, trial, just, oh, we think you violated something. Goodbye forever. There goes your fan base. Okay. Oh, it's a dictatorship. Well, it's all social medias like that. Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, probably MySpace, whatever. So I, I look at Google Plus's terms of service. I look at Tumblr's terms of service. The idea was reblog our podcast, help us spread the word, enter to win a cool Plants vs. Zombies 2 uh, piece of swag from E3. Well, come to find out that using reblogs and plus ones and likes and favorites and things like that as a uh, as an entry method for a sweepstakes is illegal on both Google Plus and Tumblr, which is where our website is located. So, good job, Cody. Uh, so, to get around that, there is no barrier of entry on iTunes, and there are no rules uh, limiting sweepstakes entries on iTunes. So, listener... First of all, none of you reblogged or retweeted anything. So we have zero entries anyway. So so first of all, we have zero so entries. So thanks a so lot, you, listener. You did a great job. We'll all blame the listener. We'll blame the listener for all of our problems. No, I'm telling the listener right now, the rules were convoluted so I don't blame you. But since there are zero entries, that means your chances of winning are very high if you go on iTunes and write us a review. So if you go on iTunes and rate us a review, then you will automatically be entered to win the Plants vs. Zombies 2 swag that I've posted about on Tumblr and Google+. And um, may the best person win. So please just, you know, subscribe to us if you want, rate us a review, and, uh, you know, you could win something cool for free. And I think that's neat. Yeah, it sounds like some pretty cool swag. I think so. So again, Yeah, I thought it was cool too. So, you know, check it out. Hopefully people will learn more about that. Anyway, I have talked to a whole bunch about a bunch of shit that no one cares about. Okay, uh, do you have about three hours to talk? Because that's about how long I'm going to need. What are you reviewing? I think I'm, I'm finally going to talk about League of Legends. Now that, oh. I, now that I have probably put my maybe about 35 to 40-ish hours into it at this point. God. I would say something like that. Um, yeah, so if if you remember a couple of weeks ago, um, I talked about Awesome Knots, and then I, I had kind of a general informational uh, thing about MOBAs, just in general, right? So Multiplayer online battle arenas. Y- yes, if for those who did not listen to that episode. Um, and... Awesome Nuts was a later entry into the MOBA scene. Um, 
it followed you know it followed dota the original dota and it followed league of legends now league of legends i i think is kind of like the original perfected version of this formula um and just briefly if you didn't listen to the episode or don't know a thing about mobas it's basically a big arena it's got three lanes a top a middle and a bottom lane um there are monsters there's there's nexuses at both sides and you have to destroy the nexus as a team of five people along the way along the path there are turrets that you have to attack until they are destroyed but they do a ton of damage when you get next to them so you need little minions that are constantly moving forward towards the opponent's nexus to get close to turrets so you can attack the turrets instead of the turrets attacking you. They'll attack the creeps. They call them creeps. The minions instead. And then you push all of the lanes forward. You destroy all the turrets. And then you eventually get to the nexus. And you destroy the nexus. And you win the game. Right. That is the that is the general kind of mantra of the game. That is how the game works. How the game is played. Um, and again, I kind of talked about this about Awesome Knots. Where there were two lanes in Awesome Knots. It, it's, there's three people teams. It's a very abbreviated type situation. Um, a MOBA. So I finally delved into uh, to League of Legends. Now it's got it's a top-down isometric style, uh, kind of like Diablo or Warcraft Three, if you are so inclined. I mean, it it was you know literally born out of a Warcraft Three mod. Um, so and keep in mind, this is the most popular game in the world. There are more people playing this game daily in the world than any other game. And it was Including bo- Angry Birds? That I don't know. I don't know if there are statistics on Angry Birds. Like I don't that was know a serious can, question. There, there I, don't, was, I, I don't know if I don't know if you can. I don't know. I don't know if that's tracked. Like I don't know if if people. I, I don't think. I don't know if that's tracked. I have no idea. It, it is tracked. There's uh There are stats that go through Android and iOS to track app usage. I, I work in marketing, so I know. But I, I'm just curious. It doesn't matter. So maybe up there. I mean, maybe it's it's in a specific genre of game. Maybe we're talking about you know uh, full budget games or something. I don't know. Um, but I know I know that in just it it is it is like the most played game in the world. Um, again, even even more than like World of Warcraft, that kind of stuff. Um, Damn. And keep in mind that it was born out of a. Warcraft 3 mod. So this was just a this was just this was just something that some dude made up. And again, I talked about this when we talked about MOBAs, this guy named Icefrog. He just made this this map and this way to play this game. Uh and uh it just took off. It's all ever it's all anybody ever played multiplayer in Warcraft 3 at the end. Um, so here comes League of Legends out of this team called Riot Games. Riot Games is a company out in California. This is their only product that they have announced and that are actually they're actually doing anything with. Um, and it is making crazy amounts of money. Um, there's like 90-ish champions to choose from, whereas Awesome Nuts had like 12 or 14. Um, we're talking 90-ish champions now. I don't know how many it started with because obviously I was not... At the inception of this game, I was not an adopter, um, but an early adopter. Exactly. But now there is a just a huge group of champions to play, and they all are so different when you're playing the game. Which is one of the coolest things is that there are like there are champions with 
you know, different resource mechanics for their abilities. Um, there are there are champions that like you, you know they don't have a resource; they just like use their own health when they use their abilities, and the abilities vary wildly. Um, so, in order to get good at the game, you really have to develop a knowledge of really as many champions as you can, because you're going to constantly be seeing different ones every time you play the game. Um, the game is free to play. It's a really cool model. I really like it. Um, so it's a free to play game. Um, there are individual matches, which last 45 minutes from beginning to end, and you start fresh at the beginning of every match. So you're given a group of free champions that rotate every week, and you don't know what they're going to be until like the night before they rotate on Tuesdays. And, uh, you can pick any of those champions and when you win or lose games, it doesn't matter. You you start to accumulate a an in-game currency. Um, and you can use that in-game currency to unlock other champions for permanent play. So, like, any time you ever queue up for a game, if you unlock a champion, you can always select that champion. So, like, I've found, you know, four champions that I really, really like to play. So I made sure to unlock all of them. And now, anytime I go into a game, those four are kind of the four that I'm rotating through right now. But there's also a group of like 12 other ones that are free for that week that I can just pick and try, kind of try out, right? Um, and that's kind of how they how they get you. Now, the reason why I like the free-to-play model is because none of the things that you can spend money on do anything in terms of the balance of the game. So nothing will give either team an advantage, right? Yeah. Which is very important. It's very important when you're talking about a game like this. Um, because it is it is like the premier eSport game. Where the most money is on the line in a professional, professional gamer setting than any other game. Um, so you need to make sure that it's it's balanced in a way where people can't just throw a bunch of money at it to be good at it. Um, so that's that's really cool. So you can so what you unlock with real money is uh, experience boosts because you 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 are a summoner who is like uh, drawn back from the League of Legends. Um, you have kind of like control over them. The like the plot is that you are controlling them in these battles, um, and your summoner levels up as you play the game. And eventually, at level thirty, which is the top level of summoners, which to give you an example, I've won about 52, 53 matches, something like that. Um, and I've played for about 35 hours, and my summoner is level 19. Hmm. So to get to level 30 without any boosts of any kind, it it's a very large time commitment. But once you reach level 30, you can get into ranked matches, which is their ladder. So I can't even participate in like the the... I, I don't really know if it's the professional side of it, but in the competitive, like the truly competitive part of League of Legends until I get to that level, um, which is something I'm excited about. And hopefully I can try that out at some point. I um, love that system, by the way. Yeah, it's great. It's really, it's really good. Um, and you, you can unlock, like you can unlock those other champions with money currency, with real money currency as well. It obviously costs a lot less to do it that way, but it gives you the option to, if you really like these champions and you just don't have the time to play to accumulate all of the in-game currency to the point where you 
where you can unlock them with in-game currency, it lets you pay to unlock more. But really what well, really what it seems like the the real money currency is for is skins for the different champions. Um, and some of them are just really cool. Like, you know, and I totally understand why people will spend money on them because, like I said, I've played like 50-some matches. I have a very strong affinity to these couple of champions. Um, really, really strong affinity. And when you're talking about a pool of 90, 90 champions to choose from, you know, to find like one to four that you just really think are great, you kind of, I don't know, it, it pers- you you feel like a personal connection to them, right? Yeah. Um, so there are like f- typically about three to five different skins per champion, and they're awesome. They're all, not all of them, but most of them are really cool. And they're just constantly coming out with more. So if you have an affinity to these different champions, you know, you can pay real money. And this is the only way to get to unlock skins is to pay real money to do that. Um, so that's all really cool. There's this, uh, there's this kind of meta th- game throughout the entire, uh, summoner thing where like you, you have a rune book that gives you permanent upgrades that you can swap in and out. You've got like a limited number of runes and you can put those in and those have to be bought with in-game currency. So those can only be bought by playing the game. That's the only way to get money to buy them. Um, so, you know, there's those, there are, there's a skill tree that every time your summoner gains a level, you get a skill point and those are permanent buffs to your champion those skill trees can be reset and redone in kind of in game. So you get a slight increase in power as your summoner levels up, but once you hit level 30, everybody's going to have an even playing field because you're all going to have the same number of points in in these trees, you won't be able to progress any further. Um sure. so and you can you can reassign the points in the skill trees during a match? Not during a match, before and before any match. Okay, so in tournaments they can reassign during tournament play? I I think so. Uh, I, I mean, maybe in, like, character select type thing. Okay. Uh, I think you can even... I'm pretty sure you can even change the masteries in your character select screen. Okay. Um, so, like, you can basically change them right up until the match starts. Um, but... So, so there's... There's kind of, like, the general structure of it. And then when you're actually playing the game... Um, we're in Awesome Nuts. The only thing you... You know, you're constantly gaining money... Um, but you would buy upgrades to your abilities. In this game, your abilities level up as your champion levels up in the game. And each ability has like five ranks that you put points into and you get one point per level. So, you know, at the max rank, you've got three abilities that have five points in them and then one ability that has three points. It's like your super ability. Um, and, but there's also a, a huge list of items to buy. And the items, all items are open to all champions in every game. It just costs a certain amount of money to buy whatever it is you're buying. And it uses a a very interesting, I think a very interesting item system in that the high, there's, think of the tiers of items as like maybe four tiers. There's four tiers of items. The top tier are by far the best. But the interesting thing is the top tier of items are crafted out of a group of lower tier items. So what you end up doing is you buy lower tier items, which also give your character a benefit. 
And then once you get enough money, you can just, you know, you can just craft the highest tier of item. And the highest tier of item will always combine all of the other factor or all of the other attributes of its lesser items and be better than all of those items combined. Oh, so you're never losing any. Exactly. So you're never, you're never losing anything by crafting a new item that way. Um, And your char- and everything in this game is so deliberate. Your character has six slots with which to carry items, which with he or she will carry items, and only six slots. So if you are working on, say you're working on two different big items at a time, well, if one item, you get four four lesser items to start to craft, the other one you like want to collect the, you want to collect the items to craft it, but it takes three or something, obviously you're not going to have room for that on top of other things that you need to carry. So it's very deliberately set at six items so that you have to make choices as you are crafting items so that the choice is never the same each time that you go into a match. Okay. And you like this system? It's great. Um, I didn't, so I did not understand the subtlety of this game until I started playing it and playing it hard um, and playing it a lot. But now that I'm playing it a lot, and this is kind of the meat of what I want to talk about here. Now that I'm playing it a lot, I understand just how, how, well, really, just how how subtle all of these things are. Because at its at its face value, the game is take your team, destroy the turrets, destroy the nexus, and win. Right? Like it's a super simple concept. But right. but then they throw all these extra. Obje- they call them objectives, um, and and these are things like there is a jungle. Oh, and I should also preface this by saying that all of the terms that I use to describe this game were not invented by the creators of the game. Like these all just grew out of the community and are now just the generally accepted ways to refer to these things in the game which is really nice. cool it's a, nice it's a it's a super living community um yeah. that, is, that really shapes the way the game is the the way the game is shaped later but anyway um there's there's different objectives and like each team has a jungle where it's got neutral monsters in it for you to kill for experience you can have somebody moving through the jungle to kill neutral monsters and gain levels that way and gain money that way well there's also two camps in each jungle that provide a, they're harder monsters and they provide a buff to your character for, I think it's like a minute or two minutes when you kill them. Um, so these buffs are significant and they absolutely can turn the tide of a battle if you have them. So it's important to control these buffs for your team because you want to make sure that the other team doesn't get them. So that's part of the game. There is a <clears throat> there's a dragon that is difficult to kill, but if you kill it, your entire team gets a big chunk of money. That's significant. And so you and want there's to a, there's a dragon in every match that's constantly respawning. Okay. So you yeah, so you kill it and then like 5 minutes later it respawns. Okay. And then there is a large big bad in the main map um and uh if you kill his, he his name is Baron Nashor, but it doesn't matter. He's to the big, he's the big, he's the big bad guy in the match. And okay. if you and if you kill the big bad guy, your entire team gets a 
big chunk of money and gets a really strong buff. So like if you, but but the thing is is it pretty much always takes your entire team to take him down. And while you are trying to kill him, he is doing a lot of damage to your team and if like say the other team comes up at that time and you have a lot of damage to you, it can really they can they can kill all of the members of your team if if it's a relatively even match and that can completely change the tide of the match. So sure, like, and then they can go finish off that that bad guy too and get the bonus for themselves, right? Ex- exactly. Yes, that can be done. And when you die, you have a certain number of time that increases for you to respawn. So like late in the game mm-hmm. when you die, it takes a minute for your character to respawn. So if they wipe out your entire team, like if your entire team gets wiped out at roughly the same time, they have a minute's worth of time where they can do things uncontested. Um, so like it's all of that is incredibly important. So like the objective parts of the match are really where the subtlety of the game comes in, not to mention the subtlety of these one-on-one matchups, um, the killing of the minions that are moving forward to get money that way. Uh, there's a lot of dancing that happens where like you're, you're clicking to make your character move in various ways. There are skill shots in the game for some characters. So like characters have to, have to basically aim an ability and hit with it for the ability to, to hit that being said, typically abilities that require skill shots are often stronger abilities because they do require some sort of some sort of aiming out of the the summoner out of the player. So now, is there's timing involved. Like, how does that? What kind of skill is involved? You just have to do it in the right direction. It depends on the ability. So, for instance, one character will th- will uh, shoot his arm straight out. He's a robot, and he'll he'll use an ability called Rocket Punch, and you'll get a little blue line that shows you where the the path of the ability. The ability shoots straight out, and the first enemy it comes in contact with, it pulls that enemy directly to this character. Okay? okay. So that's one skill shot. Another, another character has a skill shot where they create a large circle on the ground after casting it, but it takes about... I think, it, I think it's about half a second before the ground basically erupts underneath the, the whatever characters are on that piece of ground, they can see the circle on the ground. Um, and they have the ability to move away from it then. So you have to kind of, an- a lot of times with that skill shot, you have to anticipate which direction the enemies are moving and cast it on the place you think they're going to be. Okay, so it sounds, <clears throat> I mean, obviously due to the variation in characters and equipment and a zillion things you talked about, strategy is very, very steep learning curve. How is the actual gameplay, like pulling off these shots, shooting things, like is it easy to at least master kind of the basics of controlling those components and, and the difficulty comes into the actual strategy? Yeah, um, so the game has a matchmaking system like most games. Uh, yeah. And I I do think that as I kind of worked my way up the ranks, I was playing with people that were roughly on my skill level. So I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's an easy game to get good at kind of at all. Sure. Um, getting, getting an individual character down, understanding their abilities is something you can do in one game. Like understanding how a character, how a character works, how they're supposed to kill stuff or support the rest of the team um, or heal because some characters can heal. Um, Though that can all happen 
you know, in the span of a game. Hell, it can happen in the span of the first five to ten minutes of the game. You can get a handle on the way the character is supposed to work. Oh, good. Okay. I should also say that they do have an AI control. Like, you can queue up for an AI game where it's five people against just a computer team. And I, I, I tend to do that a lot when I'm trying to learn new characters, right? Because it's just like there's nothing at stake. Sure. Um, you know, I just, so I'll just like queue up for that and, and yeah. Um, so it's, it's pretty easy to, to learn what characters can do. I would say it is very hard to master those characters and it is even harder to master the way the characters work in combination with other characters, which is the, the real art of the game is cause cause anybody can get good at one character and any, I think anybody could probably get good at one character and get good to the point where they could, where they understand other champions as well and be able to like fight the other champions as that one character. But very rarely in this game will you be fighting one-on-one matchups with anybody because it's all in trying to gain the most advantageous position over your opponent. So a lot, so a lot of times you'll have teams working in coordination to flank a single person you know, to to use whatever abilities they have to stun, slow, snare, that kind of thing. And two, even if one person is really, really good, if two people, if they're all like relatively even in terms of level and money, two people are pretty much always going to kill one. Um, unless that one just completely outplays the other two. And, and that all depends on the character they're playing. It You know, there's a ton that goes into that. Yeah. So... And then when when your character dies, the champion that gets the killing blow gets a real big chunk of money. And then the champions that assist, there are assists in the game, the champions that get assists get a lesser chunk of money. But dying provides a significant bump of money to your opponent. And levels are important in the game in terms of leveling up your champion. Um, but... I would pr- I would say that money is more important. Money is the most important thing because the items are I mean the items are like game breaking in terms of their power at the end of the game. It sounds balanced like awesome nuts. A lot of these mechanics are seem like very standard MOBA mechanics. Yes, and they are. And again, this was like this was the first one that really defined the genre. Sure. So so yeah, I mean that's it it is to be expected then that this is going to have the most experience and the most balance with that kind of thing. Sure. Okay. Um, so that is, it's, it's and it's all so great. And and every game, even when I play the same champion ten times, every game is so different, so different. Um, and they're all super exciting. Like that's the other thing. Like there, there is the occasional just steamroll of one team or the other. Um, I've had matches where you know the match has to at least last twenty minutes because you can't actually surrender. Your team can surrender if they all agree to it, or if the majority agrees to it. But you can't do that until 20 minutes into the match. So every match will last at least 20 minutes, but I've had matches go 75 minutes of just this mo- the most epic of, of struggles. And it ended with a loss for our team, but it was one of like the most fun gaming experiences. And I talked about Awesome Knots in a very similar way, where like the best matches of this game, just like in awesome knots are the ones where it is incredibly close and either team can take it. And it all just depends on like one big play from, from your team to win and, and, you know, get the glory of the victory. So, um, it's really, really cool. 
So do you think you've found your calling? I mean, it it sounds like you're in love with these games because you were obsessed with Awesome Nuts. And now it sounds like you're pretty into League of Legends. You know, I really really like them a lot. There is just this – it it just – it's a – it's like a purely gameplay competitive situation. And the, like the team element is really fun too. Um, because you know, I mean, there are times where, you know, you can feel like you're in it alone, but for the, like for the most part, it's a team effort. And I've, you know, it it ends up being like a team sport and those are, I love team sports. So it makes sense that, I would be drawn to this type of game, I guess. Um, so that's all really cool. The game is really, really cool. Having a ton of fun playing it. Um, the competitive aspect, like the the pro gaming competitive aspect of, of the game is even more interesting to me. Um, and it's never, like, I, I, will, I would never be able to do it ever because I have I have too much other real life stuff I have you know family kid on the way that kind of thing but it fascinates me um because like I said none of none of the terms of of the game were were crafted by the by the creators of the game they all developed out of this meta game among people so here is one of the coolest things to give you an example of the the player base of this game. Okay. So the the game is is set up in three lanes like I said. At no point anywhere does it say this is the this is the setup that you're going to have for your lanes. You're going to have one person on the top, one person in the middle, two people at the bottom and one person moving through the jungle. No, nowhere does it say that. That's never a rule. That's never, that's never a, that's just, it's not, it's not a predefined rule of the game. Every game you play as you get further on and you get to better players has that setup. There is this, there is this meta game that has developed where there's a top, there's a top laner, there's a middle laner, and then there's a, bo- a guy on the bottom that is just set up to do a bunch of damage. And then there's a support character on the bottom that is not meant to take any money. They're just meant to support and try to uh, try to secure kills. Every single game, sh- you know, short of the occasional discrepancy, falls into that meta. And again, that's never said anywhere. But it to, and I don't know how it happened, but what I think happened was at some point, people that obsessed about the game found this to be like the most efficient way to play. And so that just kind of spread to the rest of the community, and now that is the generally accepted way to play. And it is so generally the accepted the way, the way to play that I've been watching the the pro the pro tournament, the world tournament is going on for league of legends right now. Yeah. And I've watched a couple matches and it's, it's really kind of cool to me that video games are reaching this sports level. Like they've got commentators, they've got anal- uh, analysts, uh, just that in itself is kind of interesting, but you'll get into, they'll get into the character selection, which is a big portion of, of the game. And they will, 
um, they'll have the, the people select their characters, and then they will place them in those in the lanes, like before the matches even started. The characters have not declared, like the people have not declared what lanes they're going to go into, but in the professional level of the esport, it is just generally accepted that these are the lanes they're going to go into. Yeah. And again, none of this, like the creators didn't plan for any of this, but this is just the meta that has developed, the meta game that has developed out of the course of, of millions of people playing this game so much. And that to me is really cool to have that kind of community in the game that is, that is shaping the way. And it's, it's the type of game where I think the, the players are, are helping the developers because the developers probably, you know, the group of developers for the game, I can't imagine could foresee all of the different things that players are finding how to do. Yeah. You can only play test so much. Exactly. So I, I think that, I think that it, it is helping it has to be. I just know it is. It's shaping the way that the developers then go in and modify the game for the future, which is it's just really cool. It is just a really cool concept. It's a really cool concept to me that this meta game is developed just so that they're like on the professional level. It's like so it really it's really like a professional sport. So take take the NBA for example, right? Sure. So in the in the the nineties the generally accepted way to create a team that was that was a championship competitive team was to get a really strong big man this is for every team that was not the chicago bulls with michael jordan right it was to get a really strong really tall just really big center guy in the center and he would be there for rim control he'd be there so that people wouldn't drive on the lane and get easy baskets right that was like the generally accepted way to craft your team. That's why Shaq was such a big deal when he was yeah, playing. Yeah, Shaq. It was just what I was thinking. Be- because he was just the, and that's why he won, you know, a couple championships because he was just big dude in the middle that clogged the lane and could push people around. Fast forward that now to the NBA landscape. Now, the big man has disappeared. So you've got a team like the Miami Heat who come in where their biggest dude is LeBron James, who is the best player that's playing the game right now. Dude's only like 6'9". That's a, still a big guy, but that's that's not the 7'3 people that... 7'3", 7'2 people that were so prominent on teams in the, in the 90s. And it was just... That that was not again. That was not something where the NBA said this is the way your team has to be composed. It has to be composed of a big dude. It has to be composed of you know you know. It was it was a team finding success that way, and then other teams adapting to that success. Yeah, it's like in Call of Duty, you got to have a sniper on your team, preferably. Sure, and I don't know anything about Call of Duty, so I won't. You don't. No, I don't know anything about Call of Duty, but yeah, that's it's probably a lot like that. But but it is just generally accepted. Like if you don't have this team composition, you are already handing your handicapping yourself to the point where like you're you you can't win. And I think on like the professional level, I think that that's that's probably true. Even I think like if if a team were to were to deviate from the generally accepted metagame of this composition of one guy in the top, one guy in the middle, one guy in the jungle, and two people at the bottom, I think they they would, like, auto-lose. So now every single game that you see played 
is played that way. It's kind of fascinating, and I'm a little jealous that that kind of metagame is not developed in other games. And this will transition into a question for you, because, like, like I mentioned Call of Duty, like, yeah, a lot of people know they're supposed to be a sniper, but there's a lot of people that will jump into a team deathmatch on any Call of Duty or Halo game, and they don't know what the hell they're doing, and they don't stick to any kind of plan. Like, there are some rules that any one with any level of experience in these games knows, like, don't run out in the open, because someone will shoot you. But people don't know that, so the metagame is less well-known, and I'm guessing this is also where there's a difficult point of entry in League of Legends, because people hate noobs. Sure, and again, I I had a decent experience because I I really felt like I was brought through the levels as somebody who, or like with people of my level of experience. So like there were people when I first started playing that just weren't like weren't good at all, but I wasn't good at all. So it right. it all worked out. Um, and there were a lot of like really silly sloppy mistakes. Like, and then I as I've played the game a lot longer, I have definitely stopped making as many sloppy mistakes right well but, but i'm I doing think that, a f- oh go ahead i think that the matchmaking system is is good good enough so that as long as people aren't gaming the system where sometimes you'll have people that are very good at the game go and they'll make new accounts because the game is free to play so they'll make new accounts and be at level one and get match get match made with much much weaker opponents just to get a bunch of kills and do whatever. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that makes them feel good, whatever. Yeah. Um, so ac- occasionally that will happen, but it is not as common as, as maybe some other games, to be honest. I maybe encountered that three times, three, four times playing so far, but the counter argument to what I, w- I would say to you. Um, and the reason why this is different is because the game is set to make even teams. Whereas I don't think the matchmaking in call of duty is, is done that way. Is it? I mean, does does it really care about even teams? Uh, I think the most multiplayer matchmaking experience I have of any first-person shooter is with Halo Reader... Uh, Halo 3? Halo 3. Yes, Halo 3. Halo 3 had a level system and generally put you with people kind of at your level... Although experience points were done in such a way so that you could accumulate a lot of experience points while not being that good if you played enough. So it was it was okay. Uh, since Halo 3, I well, feel I like guess, the match... Well, I guess, I guess what I'm asking, though, is that, like, did you find yourself in pretty much every match having, like, really, really bad people on your team or really, really good people on your team? Similar with the other team? Were there some, like, did you find yourself playing people that were just stupid good and then players that were just really really bad sometimes too. Well, what I'm what I'm trying to say is generally the team if you did a team match and there were 8 people in a game of Halo 3, they were generally about the same level. Not every match was epically close, but I feel like I did the best job. And since then like Call of Duty, if I top and hop into a a, a big team deathmatch or a big uh, big team battle or whatever they're called in those games, the the like eight versus eight matches, those yep. seem to be all over the place. Where there's people who have prestiged three times, and there's people who are like level seventeen. To prestige, you have to get to level eighty and then restart your level. So basically, they're like level three hundred versus like level eighteen. 
Um, and the skill levels kind of reflect that. But but the experience point system are done totally differently. But you said in a previous episode when you mentioned League of Legends that it's it's uh, the MOBAs in general, people are not very receptive of newbies. No, Is, and they're and they're definitely not. Um, I I will say I've probably had three to four episodes of personal verbal abuse up to this point. But keep in mind that I have, I walked into it kind of understanding that that would be something that could happen. So I had heard enough stories, I knew enough about the game that that I, I just, I knew, especially if I played badly, that people might might be less than kind. But that's um, contradictory to me because you just said everyone's on the same level. Sh- sure, but some people think that they're not. Okay. If that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Some people think they're really, really good, and and they're not, right? So, um, and and you know me, I I've never said anything to anyone. If you don't they, trash talk, but not at all, not even close. Um, so, uh, but I knew I walked in kind of knowing that, and I will say, like, if if you don't think you can handle random stranger 420xx420 dude saying you're not good at this game you know maybe you shouldn't play it uh, because it it's gonna happen um it's gonna happen but i i let it scare me uh from playing this game i let it scare me away from playing this game and now that i have played this game i shouldn't i realize i should not have let it scare me um because it's worth it because it's totally worth it. And it wasn't nearly as scary as it could have been. <laughs> yeah, it's not like early days of Xbox Live bad. Yeah, to- and, and I mean, it's very easy to mute people. So, like, if people are getting verbally abusive, like, it's very easy just to be like, yep, I'm not going to just even see anything you type in chat anymore. Um, there's no uh, inherent audio. So audio chat, so it's not like you're hearing people be verbally abusive. Um, it's only what you're reading, and again, you can choose to block them and then just not read it. Um, so, like, I, I mean, there are at least those systems in play. Wait, so it's text-based chat? Yep. How do you feel about that? Because it sounds like there's an excessive amount of communication required. There is, there is but the game has a wonderful pinging system, a very easy-to-use pinging system to to relay a lot of information quickly so like if you hold control down and and your left click button and you you'll bring up a radial menu of four different pings you can use one of them is i need assistance one of them is i'm on my way to this area and you can ping the mini map to let your team know exactly where you're moving um you you know there's uh another one for like danger in that area like you saw something maybe you're your allies didn't and they're like moving towards an ambush or something like that. Um, so there's just, there's very easy ways to convey information to the rest of your team. And do you find those to be effective? Because I, I used the pinging system in uh, Castlevania HD for Xbox 360 and um, very to varying results. I find it more, I find it effective more often than I find it ineffective. Okay. Um, and it's because as you play the game, you learn to look at the mini map a lot. Um, it's a very, it's a very important tool, and and it's what I mean. It's another thing to get good at when you're playing the game. It's just a generally accepted 
thing you need to do and keep track of. So yes, I do find it generally effective. So you like it. So you like the communications. I do. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I will say that I have, I have been playing quite a bit with, uh, with a buddy and it is fun to get on Skype and talk about it and, and do that kind of communication with him to coordinate. That being said, I will still typically communicate with the rest of the team because they can't hear what I'm saying to him. So I will still let, let the rest of the team know, Hey, I'm going to move here next. Uh, you know, hey, there's something here. I think there's, a, there's another enemy champion here, so be careful. That kind of thing. Okay. And have you met anyone through League of Legends, like that you play with more often? No, none of that yet. Um, okay. And it, I probably, I can't imagine I, I really will until I do, and if I do, start trying to play ranked matches because it's very hard to. There are so many people playing the game, and I think it's matching up from all over the world because I've been playing with quite a few people that are like typing in Korean. So it's very, very rare to see the same cha- to see the same opponent or the same allies twice. Oh, kinda yeah, kind of yeah. ever. Um, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it's just it. It's really, really good. It is a very dense game that is just. There's just so much to it, and that's it makes it it makes it really good. It makes it a lot of fun. It makes it something that I could I could play forever. I just play it forever, and it's it, <laughs> and it's and it's free. And that's pretty cool. Um, I feel like I missed the boat on this one because you and our friend have been playing now, and you're level sixteen. You said. Well, I started, and he was level twenty two. Oh, and now, okay. And now he's like level twenty five, and I'm level nineteen. So. Or he was like maybe he was level nineteen or something. He was he was a lower level, but he did he hasn't progressed that far since I've started playing the game. Um, and the thing is, is we can still play matches together. So you know anybody could download this and we could just start a group and we could queue up for a game and we would get in the same game together on the same team. So they make that super simple. Um, I think matchmaking does. I mean matchmaking does take that into account. So you may get some slightly imbalanced matches that way, but I was never a problem. I played I played matches with him since I started playing the game, um, and I, short of people ducking the system, and very obviously ducking the system, and and having a low champion level, like on purpose, um, yeah. I haven't had any. I've had I haven't had any problems. But if I hopped in a match level one, and you guys are levels nineteen and twenty six. People, the other two people on our team are not going to like that. No, not necessarily. But you know, as good friends, we wouldn't like we would defend you. I mean, it's and it's it's a fucking game at the end of the day. Like it's, I, you know, we're not playing it for money. People are playing it for money, but we're not playing it for money. Well, let's so. not get ahead of ourselves. It's not just a game, John. So who cares, right? At the end of the day, it's a way um, of life. It's a really fun game, though. So super. Super hot on it, but I, I will. I am, I am will, way willing to admit that it is not for everybody at all. Um, it is, it is a commitment. I, you know, I had to, and it is not the type of thing where you pick this all up by playing the game. Like I've had, I've consulted outside resources to further my understanding of the game because there's such this deep, there's such a deep meta game yeah. to the game that like you, like you just you can't glean the necessary information just by 
watching it or just by playing it, just like a real sport. Like seriously, just like it's just like a real sport where you can watch. Like I can watch basketball, um, and I love watching basketball. But I had to, I had to read about basketball. I had to research basketball to understand kind of why stuff was happening and why it was important that stuff happened this way. And that furthered my enjoyment of watching the game. So like, there's just this deep meta game to league of legends and it has definitely furthered my enjoyment of playing the game. Cause I get a lot more, I'm getting a lot more understanding of, of the game by reading about it too. Um, so I will say that like, it, it is not the type of game for somebody that is not willing to consult outside resources to read about the game. But if you like the game as much as I do, you it's fun to do that. It's not like a chore. Like it's it's fun for me to to pull something up and like like look at a uh, a generally accepted build list for a champion and be like, "Hey, these are the items you want to build on this champion. Here's the reason why." You know, it's fun for me to read about that stuff. John, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm going to try this game. I don't I like I said, it's not for everybody. I wish it were for me, but right now I'm just so I feel so non-committal about basically everything in my life, but that includes video games right now. Like, like I mentioned, I, I don't know if I mentioned this after we started recording or just earlier to you tonight, but like, I, I want to start playing Saints Row the Third, but I, it's, it's sitting there on Steam and it's taunting me, but I know I will start it. And now I have started a game that will take a while to beat. And, and that's, that is, and that is the, beauty though and if that is your only trepidation that is the beauty of of this game in that you sit down and you play a match for 20 to 45 minutes and then you're done so there's but not you'll suck yeah, but not forever <laughs> i mean it's not like it's you'll you'll probably won't be good at first but as long as the matchmaking is done decently well like nobody's going to be good and that's okay if that is your only fear about the game, I would say that is not something you should worry about because the because the game being structured the way it is, where it's a forty five minute play session and then you're done, is is perfect. It's, it's actually it's actually pretty perfect for like bite sized gaming. Because um, mm. if you only have like an hour to play, you can play one match and be done. I will consider it. You should. It's it's really good. I will consider it because I know you said you regretted not trying it, but I. I just don't know. We'll have to see. We'll we'll really have to see. Um, you know, I picked up Rogue Legacy on Steam last weekend because it was on sale, and I've really enjoyed that because those bite-sized bites are like five to ten minutes. Sure. And that's really short. That's really non-committal. And, of course, then I can play a few because that's the thing. Like, League of Legends, yeah, maybe, okay, 20 to 45 minutes. You say that, and it's like, okay, great, yeah, I can sit down. Play 20, 45 minutes, maybe an hour-long match. Cool. All right, yeah, then I can get up and walk away. But no, because I just played one match, and now I want to play another one. So then it becomes another 30 to 45 to 60 to 70 minutes. And I don't know what to tell you about that. I mean, I, that is that speaks to... That doesn't Addiction. Speak to you, yeah, that doesn't speak to the game at that point. That speaks to you. Yeah, it does speak to me. So, I mean, if... Now, yeah, I, I have certainly found myself in that position where it's just like, oh, I can just play one more. I guess I can still play one more. Um, and yeah, I've definitely fallen down that hole. Yeah, so. you're, t- you're talking to a guy that just finished a 45-plus hour game of Civilization V, which I won, by the way. Well, thank God. <sighs> yeah, thank God. I was Egypt. 
And when I took London, I won the domination victory. I had like 170 cities. I never had that many cities. Typically, I win with like three. So yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. You do the tall. You do the tall setup too. Sure. One of our other friends does the tall set. Well, because like I mentioned this in the la- in the Civ Five episode, there's there's tall and sprawl, and I'm a sprawler. Sure. I so, take up the whole map. Tall is fewer cities, large, whatever. So you're a tall. My other friends a tall. I'm a I'm a sprawl. I should try the other way sometime. Whatever. Point is, League of Legends is a two thumbs up. Well, yeah, it's like six thumbs up. Um, How old are the are the pro players? How old are the champions? I think they're they're around. I would say eighteen to twenty five is like the yeah. general. The general age range, probably, probably the only acceptable age range for a professional video game player. <laughs> honestly, um, yeah, I, I just it, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of lifestyle lifestyle it is, and because it's such a new, because it's such a new professional sport, there is a there is a good amount of money in it, but there's not nearly as much as other professional sports. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just it. It's not something any regular average Joe could make a living out it's, of. It's hard for working adults to do. And actually, one of my coworkers at my marketing agency used to be in uh, a pro gamer. She used to play Halo 2 back in the day, or maybe Halo 3. Like, went to MLG. She was on, uh, she was on the, the big famous girls guild uh, the PMS girls or whatever. I don't, I don't know what that I is. I don't remember their name, but I've read, I, I remember reading about them when we were like growing, like they were one of the first female kind of like, were girls, were pro gamers, will kick your ass. She was one of them. She was in that actual group. And she said she would seriously just play like eight hours a day. Yeah. And I, I mean, the, I know the pro Starcraft players because that's another game that there's a large professional gaming scene for the pro Starcraft players are a very similar style. They'll, they'll play eight to, they'll train, eight to nine hours a day. Um, and I, you know, that's what professional sports players do. They, they practice, they get, they get to the gym at 8am and they, you know, they do like an, a workout and then they do like team activity stuff. And then they, uh, they might do a second workout and they end up training for eight to nine hours a day. I mean, that's what you do. So if you want to alter their diets. Yeah. So if you want to like legitimize this as a sport, you know, you can't, you can't harp on people that are that are doing it for eight to nine hours a day. I mean, that is they are they are if they are professional players, they are training. Now that being said, like, can you legitimize this? Is that this is a sport? It's a completely different conversation. It's not one that I'm willing to have right now, anyway. <laughs> um, but you know, if we're talking about this as a sport, then it totally makes sense that these people have to play that much. I think it's a sport. I'm straight up just going to say I think it's a sport. Uh, I think to me, a sport requires a certain amount of of hand-eye coordination, I, I think, depending on how you want to look at it, um, you could consider first-person shooters. I think you could. Uh, the the generally accepted kind of reason why these games could be considered sports is just the amount of reflex that is required to be good at them. Like this is, it's such a twitchy game. You have to be so reactive and you have to be so adaptive to the current state of the game um, that it just it. Yeah, it's it that that is probably why it's just because it's a very reactive game. And I would encourage yeah. I would encourage you 
Um, because like I said, the profession, like the world championship is, is going on right now. And they're just, I think they're in the, in the first few days of it. Um, I would encourage you to go on Twitch TV and check it out. It plays, it plays pretty much at, at nighttime. I want to say it starts at about seven Pacific. That's what time it started over the past two nights. Um, and just watch it and listen to the commentation on it. You probably will not understand a damn thing about it. Just like if you watch the, the, like the, not the color guy, but the, the play-by-play guy on like a football game. That's, that's describing why sets are the way that they are. And you don't know a thing about football. You, you don't understand anything that the guy is saying. The yeah, that's why I don't watch basketball. The announcers will be talking about stuff. You'll have absolutely no idea what they're saying, but to hear like the level of excitement, like it, it really feels, it sounds legitimate when they're announcing for it. Right. Um, and it's it's really fun and interesting to, to listen to. So I would just encourage you to get on Twitch at some point um, over the next few days and just check out the World Championship and listen to the announcers, listen to the analysts. Um, they're not nearly as good as professional sports that have been around for uh, for you know a hundred years, but it's because this professional sport has been around for three. So there's a lot of growing to do. Right, but they sound excited, just like all football announcers. Absolutely. Except for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah, they're really bad. They're the worst. I mean, Why do they have jobs? They ruined football for me. Listen, I was not, uh, first of all, point of order, I was not harping on pro gamers. No, 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 and I, di- I didn't say you were, but I was just I was just saying that to people that may, to yeah, our yeah. listener that may uh, not think gaming as a legitimate, as legitimate sport. True. And what I was going to say about first-person shooters is some may consider those uh, closer to a professional sport because you talked about reflexes and twitchiness and things like that. And when when I think about this, I it comes to me down to you have to take that analog stick and you've got to move that analog stick to get a headshot from across the map. It, it, micrometers, you know, just the smallest most perfect amount just like in a game of golf how you gotta it's not about strength necessarily it's just about precision and hitting that perfectly or darts or even skeet shooting you know uh or shooting i guess sure um like at the olympics you know that woman's won the gold medal uh, i think for the last 20 years or something you know she's uh the oldest olympic athlete but she's just that good at it and it's because of that precision and league of legends I know it, a lot. It feels to me like there's an equal part strategy. I mean, if if you assign your lanes the right way and put your characters the right way, it's less about that perfect timing and more about just the numbers game and the strategy behind it. So there's ways to argue both ways. I, I'm saying if you're looking in terms of pure muscle memory and precision with like analog sticks and thing, I, I think you could at least argue first person shooters are in that realm, if not League of Legends, because if League of Legends. If you're like, oh, it's too much strategy and too heady, then blah blah blah. Fine, okay, have your little, have your fun over there. But I, I consider all of them to be sports, sure, because of that muscle memory reason. And another so another that. super important concept of the game that I didn't actually mention is there's there's a fog of war that hides the vision of of the map of the mini map. So like the stuff that's fogged over, none of your team can see, but anything that you can see, the rest of your team can see. And there are areas of brush where your team can hide and even if somebody is right next to the brush it is you can't see what's inside and then there are items that you can buy to light up areas of the map for certain amounts of time called wards so it's very important to control the vision of the map because it's very easy to just hide in the brush and kill somebody that way so yeah 
that is, and that is one of the most important concepts that I completely forgot to mention. Um, but it is super duper important when you're playing the game. Noob. So, uh, yeah, I, as far as sports go, I, I agree with you. I think it's a sport, um, for very similar reasons and hell I bowl. And if that can be a sport, anything can be a sport. You, you drink, <laughs> you drink beer when you do that. So ideally when you're doing it right, I'm pretty sure that's kind of the only way to do it. Yeah, that's probably true. I am so glad that I know that much about League of Legends, and I can now fear getting into it even more than before. Even though I told you not to. Even though you told me. I. But when have I ever listened to you, really? That's a really good point. So what did you play? I actually... I need to go to bed soon, so... Uh, you played nothing. I, will re- I played nothing. No, I played Civ 5. I already told you I played Civ 5. But no, listen, next episode... I will, next episode, I will... Next episode, I will. Really, that was really good. That was a really good segue. You did it. You was so good. You did it three times. Thank you. Here, check this out. Next time, I will review to the moon, which I actually beat like a month ago, but have not had a chance to talk about. In the meantime, I will drop one note that I have been meaning to address regarding Twitch TV. Um. Of course, you you have been broadcasting your noob tube runs on League of Legends on our Twitch TV page. Yes, and I've been broadcasting a zillion hours of Civ Five. Next time I play Dive Kick, I will be sure to to stream that. Uh, but my, my mic isn't always hooked up, so I don't always talk, and I don't want to just stream gameplay because that's no fun. Uh, but anyway, our Twitch TV channel is Twitch.tv/unqualifiedpodcast, and we've got some cool stuff there. And I want to briefly touch on, we've talked about tuning into League of Legends and tuning into this and that and tuning into our channel, but I have to talk about my favorite channel on Twitch TV, and it's not a speedrun channel, it's called Video Game Championship Wrestling. Have you heard of this? Uh, no. Alright, so there's a guy in England who operates, in Britain, like Britain, right? In Britain, who operates under the the CERN, the name, the, the nickname, whatever, the handle Baz McMahon, B-A-Z McMahon, because okay. like the WWE is run by Vince McMahon, obviously, so right. that's why. So he's Baz or Boz McMahon, right? And uh, he has created, he's gone into WWE 13 or WWE 12 or whatever, one of the newer wrestling games for PS3, and made video game characters... Out of cust- with the create a wrestler mode, and he puts the characters in matches against each other. They're completely automated. It's all AI. None of the matches are predetermined, unlike in real wrestling. And he like puts in their entrance music, makes entrances for them, has them go to the ring. They fight. It's all automated, and uh, he has written backstage storylines for everyone. Very elaborate backstage storylines. That are all chronicled on the website for it. Wait, so you can go do these, on, You can do these in uh, in WWE wrestling. You can like make you can make storylines. Apparently, there's a create a storyline mode. Okay, right yeah. on. And and Buzz has made amazing storylines, and uh, he's broken down the episodes into seasons. So there's actually like season one of Video Game Championship Wrestling. You can read the synopsis on the wiki. There's a there's a wiki for this. Right? Okay. Actually, so he, uh, you can go and read the wiki. Uh, our friend Guy explained to me the storyline to, to season one or season two at one point, And I don't remember the exact specifics, but uh, Little Mac is one of the main characters. And 
I think he had he or someone else had to go back in time for some reason. So there was time travel involved to to find out who like hit another wrestler with a car, like Dracula from Symphony of the Night had hit someone with a car or something, and he had to travel back in time to get to the bottom of it. I'm I'm butchering this by the way, so if you're listening and you're a fan, I know I'm butchering it, but this is the gist of it. And Little Mac went back in time with somebody, but when he went back to the future, he forgot to bring his friend back with him, and it, it was like Geno from Mario RPG or something. So Geno had to hide in a box for like a year to get back to the point where they had gone so he wouldn't mess up the timeline. And so he came back as a heel, which is a bad guy in wrestling, and then had to fight Little Mac, and there was all this drama. And uh, that's the kind of shit that goes on, right? Okay. There, there are these tag teams like Dr. Wiley and Dr. Robotnik are on a tag team. Uh, they held the belts for a while. Like Zangief is a wrestler. Solid Snake has been in there. Dracula. Uh, the champion for a while was... was uh, I don't even remember his name. Some character from Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword that's kind of like the Biff Tannen character of the game. Okay. Uh, he was champion for a while, and and I don't remember who he lost it to. But Little Mac is like a, a heel or a hero in it, and uh, it's just I wrote a fanfic in middle school uh, called the Royal Rumble, and it was the same kind of thing, just video game characters and wrestling matches. This is that brought to life, and they would be mildly entertaining to watch. But the best thing about this is. The commentary on Twitch TV is so funny because generally over like a thousand or over 1500 people tune into these events. Uh, Boz doesn't schedule them in advance. He just tweets about them. He'll just post on Twitter and, and Facebook or whatever. He'll just say like, oh, video game championship wrestling going live in an hour or something. And then people tune in and he's got over a thousand viewers every time. And everyone is commenting the entire time. In caps lock, so quickly of course they that, are. that there is absolutely no way to process what is going on, and it is it is the funniest shit I have ever read on the internet because it's so rapid fire, and they combine video game jargon with professional wrestling jargon. So that for me, this is just legendary. Because they'll 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 make uh, references like um, like Chun Li will do her finishing move on uh, on Princess Peach and Princess Peach will kick out after one count instead of the three count. And in wrestling, when you get hit by a, by somebody and you just like you don't act like it hurt you, that's called it's called selling. Like when Hulk Hogan goes to hit you, you know you act like he just broke your face open. That's selling a move. So it's a no sell when you don't sell a move. So Cammy will, or, you know, Chun-Li or whoever, Princess Peach, will kick out of this finishing move after one count, and suddenly 300 people in all caps just say no sell. Oh my god. <laughs> Things like that. And it's, it's just, it's so meta, everything in the conversation. They're, they're quoting video games. When Dracula comes out, everyone is saying, what is a man? And things like that. Uh, you know, when Sonic the Hedgehog fights, you know, everybody says you're too slow and just quotes him several times in the, in the, uh, in, in the chat. And, uh, there's even, 
there was, I think it might have been Sonic the Hedgehog. There was a character. No, it was Knuckles. He made a Knuckles character, and it looked like some monstrous freak of nature. <laughs> so, so everyone in the chat is like, kill him, have mercy, like put him down, and things like that. And it's just a constant stream of it. So you you only end up reading like sixty to seventy percent of these messages before they're gone, and there's just an entire new page of of chats. Um, it's really entertaining shit. I, often I will just tune in and watch like the entrances, and then kind of have the match on in like another window if I'm doing something. I, I've had this on at work before because the guy's in England, so it'll air at like sometimes four or five in the afternoon. And I have two monitors at work, so I'll have it up on one monitor, and I'll occasionally glance over. And it's just completely outrageous. So, if you're a video game fan and you like kind of like dream matches, you know, Wario and, Luigi, uh, and, and Waluigi have a tag team in this, like I said, Wily and Robotnik. And there's a women's division that's separate. They broadcast the, uh, the regular division, you know, the men's division, and then the women's is totally separate. Uh, they use, like, uh, Big Boss from the Metal Gear series for that, and Meryl, and a couple other characters. And, and, and like I said, they're quoting the games the entire time. So, it's really entertaining. If you're a huge video game nerd, and you know a lot about video game history, and you know any wrestling terminology, then watch it. Because, just just tune in sometime, like I said, Boz McMahon on uh, Twitch TV, and uh, it's really good. There's also a, an ongoing storyline backstage about uh, Nappa and several other wrestlers are trying to get the Dragon Balls, so the Dragon Balls are involved. And right now, the Money in the Bank briefcase oh is uh, is uh, is a briefcase that you can win and you can you can cash it in at any time for a title shot. The holder of the Money in the Bank briefcase is Charles Barkley. Oh my god! <laughs> this is, it sounds like the craziest. Shit. It's it's so it's so stupid. It's so stupid. You cannot not laugh. Um, so feel free to check it. There, there's YouTube videos of it. And like I said, you can go to the wiki and read all about the storylines of these characters. And what's so cool is that it's not fixed. And th- the masses determine who the good guys and bad guys are. So you can kind of lead people one way or the other. But... A lot of times you'll get people just booing incessantly. Like, everyone's just like, boo, whenever a bad guy wins a match. You know, they'll say, like, oh, it was rigged and, and things like that. And it's just, it's good. It's very entertaining. It's funny. It's stupid. I think it's the perfect use of Twitch TV. Um, I'm happy it's happening. I strongly recommend it. Excellent. Again, very stupid, but totally, totally entertaining. So that's what I got. And I'll review an actual video game next week. But I, I've, I've been meaning to mention video game championship wrestling for a while. No, that's good. That's good. Because uh, people tune in to hear about your non-video game playing. So that's good. There's a video game involved in that story. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. I guess I guess it counts. Yeah, technically that was correct. Oh, and, yeah. I've, been play- and I've been playing a bunch more Soul Forge. I'm still uh, really liking that game. Still really so good. Is- so is one of our Google Plus uh, fans and listeners. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners uh, said that it's your fault. So thank you, John, So I way recommend, I way recommend uh, downloading that again. It's Soulforge, S-O-L-F-O-R-G-E. Collectible card game. You can hear about it in our last episode, but it's, you know, daily rewards for, for winning matches and stuff and getting new cards. Really fun. Oh, and I stopped playing Plants for Zombies too. I'm done. Oh, you did? You did stop yeah. yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have to st- no, I didn't have to stop myself. <laughs> I, it was a very easy decision. 
I gotcha. Well, uh, if you want to win Plants vs. Zombies 2 swag that does not require a microtransaction to enjoy, uh, write us a review on iTunes and um, keep following us on Google Plus and uh, videogamepodcast.tumblr.com for more stuff. More stuff. You can always use more, more stuff. stuff. More stuff always. Okay. Well, that was another epic feature-length episode. Thank you, uh, listener, for joining us. I will now chastise John for making me stay awake so late. It is actually 4.30 in the morning as of the time of this recording. I don't think that the time zones work that way. We're in the same time zone. Yeah? Chicago is not five hours ahead of me. Well, it could be. It's not. That's it not could the, be. It's not. It could be on the next episode of Unqualified Evaluators. Way to take it out. <laughs> you said take it out. That's what I said. <laughs> is it way to whip it out. Wait, that doesn't sound good either. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Hey, let's, let's end on a clean note. Uh, way, way, to, to, way to take out your and play with way it. Way to take out my d- My d- I hope my upstairs neighbor isn't asleep because they won't be anymore after hearing about my dick. I hope she is or he is. Or he. I haven't met them yet, so who knows? Perfect. Actually, you're the perfect neighbor then. <laughs> no, I'm the per- I have the perfect dick.